welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week, we are discussing Such Sweet Sorrow, Part 2, the season finale. My name is Ethan, and I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. And the season is done. The season is done already, which is a big, which is a, um, hard to believe that we're already two seasons into this show. But two seasons of this show equates to one full season of one of the other ones, so... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, episode number-wise, you were right. Yeah. So, we have a lot to discuss. Yes. Um, Maybe, because I know we both feel that we have a lot of uh, nits to pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would make sense to start off with things we liked about the episode. Okay. <clears throat> um... I'll start. <laughs> Please. Okay. So I feel that <laughs> even though I will later say that I felt they weren't always necessary, but I feel they did have some very um, stunning visuals. Yes. And I do not yes. mean the thousands of drones and thousands of Section 31 drones firing. Yes. There were some great beauty shots of that Enterprise. And yes. Discovery. One particular, I think it's um, Pike on the Enterprise over his shoulder we mm. see in the screen Discovery headed up toward the wormhole, right, facing completely yep. perpendicular to the wormhole. I would say for me, you know, one of the best things I lo- I saw was seeing Pike in ca- in command of the Enterprise herself, seeing him back home where he kind of belongs, as it was. So it was great to see that. Mm-hmm. I did feel that the relationship between Spock and Burnham, mm-hmm. I like the whole arc of that. Yeah. And I like how they sort of came to terms with all their problems, and yep. they had a nice goodbye. I have a nitpick about the goodbye, but they had a nice I goodbye. I think we have many, many nitpicks. I mean, <clears throat> despite my constant tweeting about it the last couple of days, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. As I was watching it, I was. I was into it. I was loving it. I was with it every step of the way. It was a you know emotional thrill ride as it was, but... Now that I've had some time to sit on it and sort of rewatch it and discuss it with people, I'm beginning to sort of notice the cracks in the... Uh, in the episode sort of foundation. Well, that's very interesting because what happened with me, about 10 minutes in, I think I was watching it with Julia, I looked at her and said, Julia, what the hell is happening? Yeah. (laughs) Because there was just this massive amount of things shooting at other things. Well, and the word I used with you, I said it it was very, it was very frenzied. Everything was going very, very chaotic. Chaotic, yeah. Interestingly, which I think kind of worked, the director, Mm. um, who was the same director as Calypso, he also had a very frenzied handheld camera style yeah. so that a lot of it was he would follow one character and then pick up another character and then go in the opposite direction following them. Yep. And it lent to the frenzy of it. So um, I guess I would, in that way, the visuals, you know, lined yeah. up thematically. I mean, I would say overall it it brought everything to a, it, to a, to a conclusion for the most part. I think that, I but I think for me, it, it I, I don't, no, quite no. I don't quite know how I feel about the way it was done because I feel like in places it was, they brought things, some things to a conclusion. They spent too much time focusing on answering some questions that weren't important, mm. and they, where they should have spent more time answering these other questions that were, that I think were way more important. And I feel that they raised new questions that didn't need to be raised. Right. Um, 
And I Such also a... feel that it's just, it's almost impressive that they wrapped up all these multiple storylines. Because I've been saying it the last like five or six weeks. Like I'm beginning to get antsy. Like I don't know if they're going to be able to do this or not. Right. So it's funny that I say it's impressive to wrap up all the storylines, but at the same time, they're the ones that put all the storylines in place. So right. It shouldn't be impressive to wrap them up. They obviously should have had a plan to wrap them up mm-hmm. in a way that was satisfying. Where well, I think it felt I th- very rushed. I think when you, it did because I think when you look at I was watching I was watching actually watching uh, I watched Brother this morning and I watched also watched uh, New Eden after that and I think that when the season began it began as a very kind of straightforward season you were with it and you saw what was happening you could you were really on board with what was going on but the further into the season you got they were just things were they're beginning to like things were piling onto each other onto itself layer upon layer upon layer and you're just like okay can you like all right wait slow down for a second yeah and we brought up a lot of these as they happened we did so control was the biggest one of them all because there was no at that point there was no villain to identify but not to say that there had to be one no but and then we got control i would say it was more like the red the red angel was kind of the kind of quote-unquote villain but at least the mystery the mystery of it it was the mystery behind it and so yeah so then we did spend a long time i mean this this may be more of a topic for our season two wrap-up episode but we spent a lot Maybe of a little bit of that in this, but yeah. <laughs> yes. We spent yeah. a lot of time on the mystery. Who is the Red Angel, right? Right. Like paced well, getting little clues here and there. Yeah. Find out it's Burnham's mom. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other side mystery, equally important, of the signals. Which is but it's brought up like three weeks ago. <laughs> which we no one seems to ever talk about. Right. And then when we finally hear it talked about, they have it solved. Mm-hmm. And I guess Spock solved it off screen. Right. And just filled this all in. Like, oh, it's totally Michael. And everyone's just, okay, yeah, Michael. But the thing is, they even said it was, they said it was Michael. But then when Mike, when Michael's mother came through, nobody was like, wait a minute, I thought you said it was Michael. Well, they did. They mentioned the fact that mothers and daughters share uh, but they like said RNA. It wasn't, but they said it wasn't exactly the same. Right. They said their RNA is the same or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know biochemist. That's know. why I thought, like, when her mother came through, I'm like, remember I said, I'm like, maybe it's just Michael. Yeah. Her, her mother's age, and it just looks like, you know. Yeah. But here's another thing. To what end? That could have very well, could have very well been an older Michael. It wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Like, the mother part didn't, didn't add anything, I don't think. Right. Well, Except yeah. to throw us off and make us think, oh, well, it's not Michael. Then, oh, wait, it is Michael? Well, I don't know if I want to do, in terms of conversation points, I don't know if I want to do a Red Angel thing and just jump to random, to random spots. But um, let me just say it now and get it out of the way because sure. you did kind of bring it up already. But the idea of there being a second Red Angel, that's Michael. Before we began recording this, we... Um, that was my neighbor if you guys heard anything. Um, before we began recording this today, we were watching it again just beforehand. And we were watching the end of it when Michael's having that conversation with Spock. When he says there's no time. Oh no, it wasn't that one. It was before that. I'm sorry. When they finally realize what these signals mean, and when and then Michael's jumping to all the various points, mm-hmm. the first place she goes is to the USS Hiawatha, which is in the first episode of the season. Yes, and she sees herself. Remember that? Yes. And then I paused it. I remember I paused it, and I'm like, "Wait, stop!" I said, "I just found a problem." I, here's and here's what it was. So when they later on in the season, when they lure the red angel out, Michael has to be in distress. 
So it's Michael's mother. That's how they lure the yes. Red Angel. And because and all the times episode, the Red Angel showed up, allegedly, is that Michael was in danger. And Michael was in danger there. So you're like, yes. oh, that's okay. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. But with but Michael now, now going back to watch that, it's like, well, now, now, now me as a viewer, I'm kind of confused. Right, because, okay, so just one of them shows up? How do they know? Right. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And then there's a standard time travel paradox that makes my brain hurt, and I can't tell if it's because simply that it's a time travel story or right. if it's because um, it's on a well-done idea right. for a time travel story. But Michael sets the signals because she set the signals. Mm-hmm. She only knows to set the signals because she saw the signals that she set. Right? <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. So there was no original idea about the signals. They just existed. I mean, it's, it's revealed that the ideas of the signals was to get those people together to culminate into this final yes. battle. But they only know that because it happened. And then they figured it out after the fact. Right. So where did the initial idea to send yeah, the signals Yeah, so in other words, it, as most time things are concerned, there's, it's a, there's like a full circle there. But this was not a full circle. Yeah, like yeah. there must have been a time that someone thought of it as a new idea. Right. Who was it and when? Yeah, and those last two signals, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It felt a little... So... But not that I was confused, but I'm like, oh, that's all it was? But didn't... You mentioned this also. At the beginning of the season, didn't Pike say... We've, we've detected seven, seven signals. Seven red bursts spread across spread across 30,000 light years. So we didn't get... Which, by the way, and, and, and um, Terralesium is 50,000 light years away. But we didn't get burst six and seven until she didn't even think of them until when she was with right. Spock trying. And to they said, and his science, his acting science officer Evan Conley said, any time we get close to them, they our sensors go haywire and they they fade out. They we lose them. Yeah. 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 And see, and this is what I'm talking about. I mean, I, this this is what I mean when I say because I expressed it multiple times throughout throughout the uh, ep- throughout us recording this this season, where I feel like I there was either something I forgot or didn't miss or that I missed, or something just wasn't explained very well. I'm like I'm like, is it me? Am I missing something, or is this just not written very well? Am I yeah. just having trouble following yeah. this? And as listeners, longtime listeners will know, we are not haters. No, never were. We, we come to this with an open mind, and we are willing to say when something doesn't work. And we're seeing a lot of things that don't work right now. Right. We do not hate the show. We love the show. We wouldn't do a podcast if we didn't love it. Yeah, we're, I, I, would say more, I would say more than anything, we're just kind of confused. Yeah, I'm confused and a little disappointed. Yeah. You invest a lot of time in a show to watch it and record a podcast, maybe. And <laughs> right. when it um, doesn't make sense. We'll go down your list of all right, points well, and we'll kind of discuss it. So Let's there's get, a couple. First, I'll just point out a couple things here. Yeah. So there are a few things in this episode that are brought up as if to be important. Right. And then literally go absolutely nowhere. Okay. So the first one. Now, you start your show with a quote, a famous quote from Sun Tzu, the, God of war, um, mm-hmm. the art of war, so the name of the, the writing. Um, be subtle. As to almost be formless, be mysterious. As to almost be soundless, and then you can then you can be the director of your opponent's fate. Mm-hmm. So Saru says that Giorgio is very impressed. Now my thought there was okay. Now that quote is going to inform something they do later. 
because right. that's how you write a TV show. Right. You don't introduce a quote. You say that you, just, you say that quote for a reason. Just yeah. to introduce a quote, but yeah, yeah. never was touched on again. That's one. Another one. Our queen friend comes and says, "I figured out how to take out the drones. They have mm-hmm. refracted lattice shields. You have to hit them from the front and the back simultaneously to destroy them." Never and comes never up again. It. And they never do it. They <laughs> never do it. Never because you up feel again. like that would end the battle right there. Right. No, right. Nothing. Nothing. Like as if they forgot they wrote that part, or there was a scene missing. Right. So those are like two big ones. And then I noticed when I after and that's that, early. That's like a minute in. Yeah, that's within the first... And that could have brought that battle to to a conclusion. That's within the first ten minutes, yeah. Yeah. Um, And as I thought of that, I realized, well, this happens a lot in the show. So I think in our season two wrap-up, I want to point out all the storylines from the season that went nowhere. Right. And were pointless. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also bring up the idea that there were these, again, as I mentioned these scenes of exposition that were just sort of explained at a breakneck speed to sort of get them out of the way. And it's like, and I'm like, I feel like you should have devoted a little bit more time to that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Such as Terralesium. Yeah, so Terralesium, so that we could have safe harbor in the future. That's what Mm -hmm. Spock said. Right. How did he know that? Well, even taking it a bit of a, taking a step back for a second, the idea of the Red Angel going back again to the year 2053, which was the anomalous one that we kept trying to wrap our brains around all season. Yes. And even as I left work yesterday, because the season ended on Thursday, I watched it, you know, live, obviously. And when I left work yesterday, I thought to myself, like, I'm like, what was the reason for that again? Like, why did they do that? And so I, I go on, I'm like checking online to see what the reason was for um, Michael's mother going back to the year 2053 and bringing people... From mm-hmm. World War Three into the you know over to uh, Terralesium, and it just says in a sentence, she did it because she wanted to see if she could manipulate time, which she right. could. And I couldn't remember when that was said on the show. Was it said? I, but that's a but you had a, but the thing is, I would think so. But you had a whole episode around this. Yes, and consider this, right? Kevin and I watch the episodes twice. We take notes. We do mm-hmm. a podcast. And we didn't remember that. And it didn't make sense to us. I can only imagine a casual viewer watching mm-hmm. the show. It's going to be completely lost. I'm sure they will be completely lost. Yeah, I, and the thing is, I was hoping in the sentence I saw that, and it would like actually, because I think I saw it in Memory Alpha, it would actually tell me in parentheses where that was said. Or a quote or something. And it didn't even provide that. So I don't recall that, I don't recall that ever being said. I know, and you and I had this conversation many times in the podcast that we, we were confused as to, wait, why? And we, we thought it would be a great reveal because we kept saying, but there's the one signal that doesn't fit. And we thought, you know, this could be the key to everything. Well, and we sort of were heading down the right road with everything else. Because remember I said, like, I think because they're leading them there because they need them for something. And then it all culminated in needing them for that final fight. Which I think, I'm not, I don't think we got that specific, but we felt like we were, I think we were definitely... Heading down, the, we were on the right track. Yeah, they were, we were being heading guided. down there. We were being okay. guided to do something. Yes, but still, Terralesium, and I think I said this yesterday. If Terralesium was the place they eventually had to go, I would think from a journey-centric, uh, you know, what's the word I'm trying to look? I would think on, I would think if you're going down a path here with these signals, that would be the last one because that's where you have to end up eventually. That Terralesium would be sort of the seventh signal. 
as it was. Right. If there's an order to them, that is. But, like, yeah. if that's where you... So you do this whole thing, then you wind up on Terra Lysian. Well, that was the first one. That said. was the first one they went... That was the second one they went to. Okay, right. The first one was the USS Hiawatha, which, which is where they got Jet Reno at. Ah, uh, yes, Jet Reno. Yeah. <laughs> but, now, again, I'm detracting here a little bit, but... <laughs> no, no, no. This I'm is, detracting like the show does. We should go off on these um, mm. tangential uh, bits, because right. they're important. <clears throat> um... So we had Leland. Yep. Did you notice that Control has just become Leland? Yep. But it was also that other officer a few weeks ago. Right. It was anybody it needed to be. Now it's just Leland. And he's just a bad guy who you have to fist fight with. Mm. I found that very disappointing. This is an AI that's controlling all these ships. And yet it comes down to a fist you, you fight. You just can't do it. And also you can't infect other people. Right. And fist You can't fights... assimilate other people, which thank fuck it was not the board. Well, so that's another thing that yeah. you have to admit, like it or hate it. They, it definitely fit, and I hated the fact that it they did. intentionally put all these little things to make it seem like the Borg, and then right. went nowhere with it. Not that we wanted them to necessarily. I didn't want them to. You did. You were I dead thought set. it would be fine. You were dead set. <laughs> I didn't want that because <laughs> it's really just don't give me all these clues, and then just just why? Just so you could say, "Oh, we tricked you." <laughs> that's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> so Leland um, goes aboard I don't even know man <laughs> this is me throwing my notes at the microphone <laughs> oh come on don't, don't, I'm sorry know. but no alright Leland comes just keep, aboard just keep it up I mean Leland comes aboard discovery. you can't give up on this halfway into recording <laughs> for god's sakes out of frustration. Because we've never had this before. Okay. Leland yeah. comes... I know. Leland comes aboard Discovery. Is it the Leland point or just all of it? The fact that it's Leland. The yeah. fact that Control is this AI that's super intelligent and yet puts its whole self into one human body that it then beams into the enemy area. Yeah. And... It's an AI. Could it just duplicate itself i don't know it just doesn't make sense to me yeah you would think so everything um, about it because it infected the other one the other the other opposite of that spock and murderman encountered a couple weeks ago yes yeah and come on you're but I'm, i don't remember if that was before it infected leyland or after i assume i think it was after i swear though it had two people infected at once at one point. i'm that's what i mean i think yeah. that's yeah you could have went and infected some more people you could have assimilated some more people. Yeah, you could have gotten some people. I don't know who, somebody. Unless um, he was just that confident that what he was doing, unless Control was just that confident that what it was doing was going to succeed, it didn't need. But even by that extension, you can say, well, why didn't it need all these other ships? Yeah. 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 Well, don't, don't forget that when, when you had, when they went to Section 31 headquarters a few weeks ago, Control had killed everybody on board that station. And ejected them over that? Yes. And it kept only one body. And they fooled, they, it tricked the crew of the Discovery thinking that somebody was still on board. Those admirals are still on board. Remember the Vulcan extremist? Yes. Who was a Starfleet admiral? And it was just a fake, it was just a fake holographic transmission. The fact that Control later, because I don't think Leyland was not infected yet, but the fact that Control later infected Leyland. Maybe it just, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe control itself was sort of evolving somewhat, but I would think that 
you had all those officers aboard the Section Thirty One headquarters, you could have you could have you you had think about it. You had Starfleet admirals at the heart of Starfleet that you could have infected. Mm. You being control, you could have infected. Yeah. And instead, you killed them, and right. waited for Arium to get aboard. One and with the one guy. Right. That I guess Michael knew, so maybe that was why yeah. Control picked that particular person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also, it, this is an AI. Why did this AI not play the long game? This AI could have infected someone, mm-hmm. stayed in that person for years until the moment was right, right, that they got assigned to Discovery or something. Yeah. They could have done any number of things. So, yeah, like, from Control's point of view, is it eminent? Does this have to happen? Yeah, does it have to happen right now? Right. Does it have to happen with a full frontal do, assault? Do, do AIs get impatient? Can AIs get impatient? Right. Yeah. Um, now, there's a bunch of things about We'd the... We'd say we're not going to complain, but... I mean, I we're not. We're, we're going we're, down. We're, we're, well, no, we're asking questions. We're asking questions. We're asking but, questions. Uh, okay. We're asking. I'm going to ask questions. Complaining is us saying, "Well, this is stupid." We're not saying that. I haven't said that yet. Not yet. I mean, you already have. Um, Off before recording. <laughs> so yeah, there was the so then the fist fights, and I talked about this. What was it? Two weeks ago, and I said the fist fight was the most boring thing of the whole season. Yeah. So we got another fist fight. No, it was a shootout. It was a shootout. Shootout then a fist fight. This fist fight was incredibly boring. Yum yum. I have that right here. I'm I trying to love, resist that. I did like that though. Oh my god. So I have a bunch of things that I hated, and that was one of them. <laughs> oh, here comes the complaining. Uh, but it's I'm not fun. going down the road you did. But you like it, on, so though. that's good. We have never really complained in the past, so I think we're. I think oh we're, yeah. I think we're okay if we're gonna if we're gonna. Yeah, complain. no, it's totally. I mean, we've pointed out things that kind of didn't make sense, but yeah, right. we've never just piled on like this. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this is about having a well structured story that things pay off or not, mm-hmm. and then. Other stuff too, and having like, and by the way, and sorry to interject here for a second, yeah. but like as a teacher, haven't you taught writing before? Oh yeah, and so like yeah, so I you teach, must know from a writing perspective, like this is yeah, and I teach my students always. <laughs> it's funny that I say this. Is I say the you know the author never makes a choice that doesn't mean something. Well, <laughs> not true. <laughs> not true. at least it wasn't apparent anyway. I mean, I will tell you if 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 I'm reading a piece of literature with my students and there's a quote from some other work, that's going to be really important. It's symbolic. It, it telegraphs yes. something that's to come. It's going to tell us something about the show, right? Or the what we're reading. And here, it just think of was think a, of Star Trek. Think of Wrath of Khan and Star Trek Six. Every time yes. that they quoted Shakespeare or Moby Dick, yes. It all meant something. Yes. General Chang in Star Trek VI did nothing but quote Shakespeare, but every single quote he said made sense within the context exactly. of the story. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why here I almost feel like... And he actually says, parting is such sweet sorrow. Yeah. Well, and, and that sums up pretty well my feelings here. Is like my feelings here is that, like, there's one person... And obviously, I'm, this is hyperbole, but, like, there's one person on staff whose job at the end is to, like, oh, we need a reference and just cram or quote it. You know, there's no... <laughs> Plan to it. Mm. Now that's hyperbole. I'm sure that's not what happens, but and yeah, maybe I mean, there was I'm not a... a writer, and I know that writing is not easy. Yeah, but... and who knows? Maybe there was a great connection to that quote that somehow got cut, and then they just forgot to take the quote out or something. I don't know because I don't believe that they just I'm start not, throwing things tr- at the wall. I'm not trying to sound. I'm not trying to sound like an apologist, but I sometimes I have to believe that some of this can be a case of it sounds really great on the page, but once you actually shoot it and look at it it's like I don't know if that really came across well 
Okay, but my response to that is that's why you have producers, showrunners. Of course, of course. And, and it may not that may not even be the case. I'm just saying. Of writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, because in their minds, they probably just thought like, "Oh fuck, man, we got through the season, we wrapped it all up." <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing: all those things that they had to wrap up, yeah. they created in the first place. Of course, so it was all it was self inflicted. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. think you could wrap it up, then maybe don't. Well, it's like, as I said, you know, layer upon layer upon, like, even when we were, even when I was watching New Eden today, that's when the whole, remember the whole maze story? Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about this. This just feels like ages ago. Yes. And that's another thing that was and just I'm like, dropped. I thought to myself, like, all of this was set up to get the Dark Matter and to get Culber back. All of which could have, yeah. and they... In and the Dark Matter, I don't even remember why it was important. Uh, energy source. For what? See? Uh, uh, recently, but again, but my, my point is, I mean, yeah. it matter, but my point, the point where I'm going with this is they, they stretched that along like three episodes when you probably right. could have done that and it was a B plot and you probably could have just done that in one Yes, and because plus, that was not, that was not important, but as important as everything else. Don't forget when we watched it, we said, oh, this is so great. They're explaining why they don't use the spore drive anymore because they're destroying this world. Yes. Nope. Yes. That they've used it how many times since then? We'll With see. No problem. We'll see. And that's okay. This is my other thing, and you know, I I could maybe save this for the for the seasonal wrap up, but I'm not going to. Um, you know, one of the goals that they said, the goal that they said for the season, Alex Kurtzman said, was to explain why, was so Discovery can sync up with canon, right? Which is to explain why why nobody, you know. I mean, nobody ever speaks of Discovery. We're going to get into that ending, okay. by the way. So we're getting into that. Speaks, why nobody speaks of Discovery. Why nobody speak, Why Spock never talks about Burnham. Why the Spore Dark never came up. And as far as I was concerned, mm. and I think even you were concerned, yeah. those things had already been kind of addressed already. Yeah. Like, it, it was stated twice. The, at, in the season one finale, Stamets says Starfleet is going to search for a non-human interface for the Spore Drive. Then in, then in New Eden, he says it's been... When they're going to use it again, he says it's been decommissioned. Now, even oh, yeah. though it's not explicitly stated that Starfleet took it out of service, you could extrapolate at that point and say, well, I guess it didn't work out. Yeah. And then right? we see that it's destroying this other dimension. So knowing, right. knowing what we know about Starfleet, yes. that's simple. Oh, but, we can't destroy a world just so we can get around. But it even goes earlier than that, too. The tardigrade itself, it's like yes. they were harming a life form. Yes. We were even saying as far back as then. Yes. Right? We had about... Four different reasons to never use the spore drive. Exactly. And then we got a ham-fisted explanation. But then also with Spock never talking about Michael Burnham. He's an emotionless weirdo. That's why he didn't talk about Michael Burnham. Okay, but here's the thing. In our minds. There's two two separate instances of this being explained as well. Now, this season, we saw him in the early half of it pissed off at her because of what went on in their childhood. So you think, okay, he's just still mad and kind of, you know, quote-unquote, erased her. Okay, that's fine. But even going back further than that, even going as far back as this before Discovery even premiered, it was already known that Spock never mentioned Cybok before Star Trek V. Spock yes. did not say that Sarek was his father until he until he came aboard the Enterprise and journeyed to Babel. Yes, he'd already been on the Enterprise for a little bit. And... All of these various sci-fi news outlets use those two examples as ammo to say, yes, it's okay that Spock has a sister that he never spoke of because of because yeah. of those two examples. Like I said, he's an emotionalist. So it's like, Spock. as far as I was... So I felt that those two things were already answered anyway. Yes. So then, but just in case, you know, you didn't pick up on that subtlety, 
Yeah. It's now punishable by death, I guess, because that's what treason's punishable by in America. Anyway. Actually, okay, can we can we can we sport jump to that portion of the Spore episode? Jump. <laughs> okay, okay, because hold we're on, already hold on. Spam, Stamets is locking in. <laughs> the saucer section is spinning. Because uh, this actually comes into my notes with this that All I right. that I brought. Because I, I was also when I got up this morning and I was having my coffee, I was drink I was um browsing a lot on Trek BBS and uh, having a lot of conversations about this. So I think that everyone agreeing... This, now we're talking about the end. I'm sorry that we're jumping around. We do that anyway. We're talking about that ending where they're all saying that nobody can discuss yeah. Discovery, its technology, the events the events experience. Right, because... Stuff. And Spock gives a reason. And that's just fucking ludicrous. But hold on, hold on. Here's the reason he says. Because... Now, I hate the way he says it, but he says, because there is a regulation that Starfleet personnel cannot participate in historical events, which I assume means they are not supposed to travel in time. It's like if you ever happen to be time traveling. Yeah, so, but why, why he didn't just state time travel? He right. didn't. So, because of that one thing, what, what is the rule? I'm sorry, what is the rule? Yeah, you were just about to say what the oh, I'm sorry, the, the law so, is. Um, I don't know what the law is. Well, regulation. Sorry. Well, no. What I was going to say was um, the fact that they can't talk about the ship, its crew. That's just fucking ludicrous, <laughs> in my opinion. Well, right, because especially knowing that the reason is because someone may use that to figure out time travel. But we're kind of led to believe that Discovery, Discovery and its sister ship, the Glen, both had spore drives. They were kind of special ships. Oh, not yeah. Why didn't they mention the Glen? Not every other ship. Not every ship in... Well, the Glen's destroyed. Well, right, but are people allowed to talk about that one? <laughs> I have no idea. It's not in the regulation. Um, but this is the thing. So, this is what I wrote. It says, you know... Um, it's as if space isn't vast enough and Starfleet is sprawling enough that it makes sense nobody talks about the ship, you know. Does does the producer Kurtzman, who's Alex Kurtzman, who wanted to address this issue, does he think that Kirk just sat there and started name-checking every ship in Starfleet? Or something like that? Well, as we does know, some think fans that, think that's what should have happened. Does he think that, the, you know, do we think that the universe should only revolve around five ships or so? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, Burnham says, like like four episodes ago... There are 7,000 active ships in Starfleet right now, okay? Last season, when we first saw Discovery in Context is for Kings, it was already stated that was a brand new ship, all right? How many of those ships in Starfleet do you think even know about Discovery, even care about Discovery? Are they keeping tabs on Discovery? Are they watching its every move? Right. And did every... I don't think everyone knew that it had a spore drive. Right? Didn't um, Pike not know about the spore drive until he got there? Right. I so mean, the spore drive was pretty it, secret. It was pretty secret. And not only that, but when you think back to the first season, and even leading up to the end of this season, how many times did you see, not counting the Enterprise, how many times did you see Discovery with another Federation starship? Like maybe twice? Yeah. And it was brief? Mm-hmm. So... And then I don't think there need to be any explanation as to why Spock never talks about Michael. Yeah. You know, he never explicitly says he doesn't have a sister, and there aren't really any instances in the original series or even in the animated series where, where it would have been necessary for him to even bring her up yeah. in the first place. And as we know, he doesn't offer up a lot about his personal life. No, and you know, not to, the emotional circumstances of his relationship with Michael and the fact that he was cruelly stopped from joining her at the last minute are more than enough reason for it to be something he's not comfortable discussing. Especially since he wants to cut off emotion. He obviously would get emotional if he starts talking about Michael. 
Their only t- yeah, I mean, their only task was to sell us on Burnham's existence being a good idea in the first place, and they already succeeded at that. I thought. So yes. I think that they went to. I think they went they went to great lengths to explain this, which and it didn't really need explaining. No, no, no. Because as we just said, it already seemed like it made sense in the first place. Yeah, I mean, and and, and, and to your point. Four separate instances of them being able to to get out of the spore drive situation. Yes, plenty. Which they, yeah. And it would have been made so much more sense if they just said the spore drive is classified. Now we have to we have to deny all existence of the spore drive. It was technology that was bad. Never mentioned again. They didn't have to not mention discovery and the entire crew. It was a, it was pointless. Think of think of how they handled the mirror universe thing last season. Yeah. They and even in the context of that season, that actually made perfect sense because you know, first of all, when Kirk winds up in the mirror universe, okay, he's clearly doesn't know anything about it. Yes. Right? He's confused. Because but at, the, but at the same time, you can't you also I don't think I think it's insane to assume that the characters know every single thing that happened to every single captain at every at any given time. Yes. I don't think he's just yeah. gonna pull that information out in the back of his head immediately. Absolutely. Right? Not. He's not data. Data would have been able to do that. And so when they get back, they classify all, they classify the known, they classify the existence of that to everybody else. Because I like that what Sarek said, he said, because there was a war going on. It was like, what if you found out that you lost, somebody you lost exists in another part of the, in another, in another universe, in another reality. Oh yeah. And you would try to go, that, that to me made sense. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, technically you didn't have to classify it in the first place, but in the context of the war happening, that to me, that made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Again, and it's many dangerous. reasons not to use the spore drive. And that was another reason for the spore drive, because look what happened. Yes. Yeah. Even though I know Lorca kind of did it, but still. And they also could have a thing just where, like, well, we don't want this to fall into our enemy's hands, so we mm-hmm. have to classify it. And it kills these this other dimension that think of, Starfleet doesn't kill. Think of the course of Trek. Think of how many transporter malfunctions there have been, how many holodeck malfunctions there have been. But yet those two technologies are continued to be of use. Yeah. They were never taken out of service because they were too dangerous or too many bad things happened. Right. Right. Yeah. So wait. Now I'm confused. <laughs> what is the actual reason they don't use the spore drive? Because all they said was Because all... they need Stamets as a human interface to operate it. He was the one who did it the but entire he said time they after were gonna the have a non human interface. He said Starfleet was gonna try yeah. to search for because, a non human interface. Because what Spock said was because it's illegal. And he said that at the end of last season. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. What Spock said, the whole reason for him, Spock saying all this should be never spoken of is because you're not supposed to interfere with historical Because events. they used the reason as the spore drives being a... They said that the reason, the bullshit reason they gave, they gave for Discovery missing, they said it was destroyed due to a catastrophic malfunction okay. in the spore drive. So that's why they wouldn't use it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So why? But, right. but, even, but that's another... But even then, you already, for continuity's sake, you already had an out to not yeah, use it Yeah, you had four or three or four. Yeah. But the other thing, though, he also predicates all that by saying, because you're not supposed to travel in time, any knowledge of this, he says, would be used as a foothold to ga- gather the information needed to travel in time. Mm-hmm. Which... The spore drive has not... Like, I, I made the joke earlier, and I said, well, why couldn't they just say, hey, remember that ship Discovery that didn't time travel at all? <laughs> well. Well, it didn't, but, you know, it had nothing to do with time it, it puts in mind a thing from Voyager, because Janeway time traveled multiple times, and she came across something called the Temporal Prime Directive. And the Temporal Cold War, don't forget. Um, so the Temporal Prime Directive is actually... You know, I just thought of that now. 
probably is actually that's probably what that directive ends up being. Well, he said that one was already on the books, though. Spock, temporal prime directive. Yeah. yeah. But you're not was... you're not introduced to the idea of the temporal prime directive until Voyager comes along eighty years later. Okay, but well, we did wind up seeing the Starfleet Time Police in Enterprise and on Voyager. It's different people, but <laughs> and on Voyager. Did they wear the rubber suits? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. W- w- again. Yeah. I don't have more to say about it. We're complaining a little. You know, I think it's okay that we're complaining because we're just. I think we're just uncovering. We're peeling back this onion and just finding question after question after question. Yeah, and plus it's like, you know, like I said, this is all framed as like we were on board before you had to ham-handedly explain it all. Right. Well, like I said, I think the season started off very... You were with it. Like, it was very, again, it was straightforward in the beginning. But as it kept going, yeah. they were just adding continual layer upon layer upon yeah. layer that you were beginning to lose track of what was actually... Like, okay, what is the goal here? we got to find out what the Red Angel is. We found out what the Red Angel is like four weeks ago, but then we found out there's a second Red Angel... Then you find out about, about this control thing yeah. like and don't five forget weeks also, ago. And... The big reveal we had at the end of one episode. Don't forget, Leland, you're responsible for the death of Michael's parents. That came out of nowhere. Right. It led to her mom being the Red Angel, which right. also kind of led nowhere. Um, all right, let's continue with your notes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one, though. Um, all right, so you mentioned Yum Yum. I just think that was a terrible line. I thought it was funny. And also, my other note here, and uh, uh, Jet Reno, I just wish that she would stop talking at a point. Get off my ass, sir. Oh, all of it. Now, <laughs> but here's the thing. I recognize that all the characters that I had these complaints about are female characters. Mm-hmm. So I recognize this may be my male or my um you know deep sexism i don't even know about but man i just wish that they would stop with the smart alecky little jokes and mm. whatnot yum yum give or take it's fine with me uh, either way it doesn't matter what the smart alecky jokes i could take them or leave it didn't matter okay anything. um so at one point they get some backup in the uh battle what mm-hmm. do you think of that that was cool. I enjoyed that. Actually. Yeah? Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I take it you did not. Well. From the look on your face. Well. Yeah. What was the point? The Klingons show up. Mm. You know, we get to see them be badass Klingons. Right. Today's a good day to die. Mm-hmm. I have blood. Ha ha ha. I love blood. Um, well, because that was the that was that's how you found out what each signal meant. They were all they the signals appeared in all these different places because they needed to come and help with this battle. It was it so it could all culminate in them coming in coming into the end. Yeah, but if I saw that that either the Kelpians or the Klingons like played some crucial again or the Bowel the Bowel fighters. Yeah, well, the Bowel yeah. fighters were the Kelpians in the fighters though. Right. Yeah. Which we do, that's interesting. Mm. There's, a, there's a short trek in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Um, but like, so let's say like there was a critical moment when the Klingons, like think of, um, think of Return of the Jedi. Hmm. No, not Return of the Jedi. Think of 
Star Wars A New Hope, right? Mm. Luke's in the... Oh, when Han comes. Yeah, and Han comes, him. right? Out yeah. of nowhere. And yeah. yeah. Like, if Great. something like that had happened... Great moment. Yes. Yeah. Then it would have made sense, but instead, no, the Klingons show up, and they shoot some drones, maybe, and they get shot. Which you would, which you would have needed to do you, is you would have had to establish some some previous history with another character earlier, and then they would have, you know, said like I'm going to go off on my own way, and you know, being upset that they're not going to help you, then they show up. I mean, it's the same way. You know, or would... even just it could have been the the what is their title? The Chancellor. Supreme yeah, it Chancellor. could have been the Chancellor. We know the Chancellor. That would have been kind of cool. Wait, Chancellor of what? Of um, the Klingons. Lorel. That's who it was. Yeah, I know. But I mean, if she had come in at a key moment and actually done something instead of oh, just been oh, like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm here now. Right. Because I never saw that the Klingons or the Kelpians contributed in any way to the battle. Right. You know? Mm. They were just another ship to get shot well, at. Well, I think because there was no indication that the battle was, that they were losing. Oh, they were, their shields were going down. Their shields were going, but that happens all the time. Well, it yeah, happens but... in every, you know. I, in other words, I didn't feel like the the battle was. I didn't. I didn't feel like they were like getting ready to be defeated. Well, what about and when they came in at the last second? It's not like in Star Trek Six when Sulu came in on the Excelsior and saved the Enterprise at the last second. But what about when they had a torpedo that had a countdown mechanism for some reason? Yeah. No. <laughs> Which also, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I didn't, I didn't we get have that. not used the word lazy. I didn't get we that. We haven't used it. It's rude. I thought to myself. It's rude to call a writer lazy. Well, but I was like, was when that... you have a countdown yeah. of a bomb. Well, I thought to myself, like, is that supposed to detonate immediately, or was that an error or something like that? Yeah. But Why then, would a torpedo have a countdown? But then a countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't a countdown. Maybe it was just, like, overheating or and something. This is, but... this is my issue with that, actually, when things like that on Trek happen. Why don't you fire that at the bridge? Yeah, right? Because even if that thing... Just Nobody ever fires at the bridge. Yeah, if that thing went through the bridge, everybody would have been dead. Even if it didn't blow up. The command center of the Enterprise... Sits right on top. Sits right... Actually, you know what? I'm going to have my own made-up reason. They need to take up. They need to take a page from the um, from Battlestar Galactica. You put the command center in the dead center of it. Well, here's my made-up reason. Because they have extra, like, shields on that area that mm-hmm. are, like, special. Which, for some reason, can't be used on the rest of the ship. Right, because they take too much power. Hmm. There you go. That's all. I'm going to talk about lazy writing. <laughs> Get me in there. I'll clean up all this. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> yeah, we should go in there and say, we got guys, we need to fix this. Um, well, you want to talk about that moment with Cornwell? Yeah, so we get Cornwell. <laughs> and you, you, you physically demonstrated. I physically demonstrated. You physically so, demonstrated it for So me. we put on the, the episode, uh, and after... She shut the door, you know, bravely sacrificing her life. I, I had Kevin pause it. And then in his um, living room, there's this doorway out to the hall. It's an archway, yeah. So I went out into the hall, and I demonstrated how you could stand in the hall and reach your arm around and grab that lever and pull it down. Right. And let's say, worst case, you get your arm chopped off. It's better than dying. But... Even and she could get an augmentation, but even then, when she pulled it down, there was—I think there was enough time to roll underneath. Yeah, she could have done Indiana Jones on it, right? Yep. Or yeah. my other thought was, you get a roll of duct tape. Mm-hmm. You tape it around the top of that lever. You stand on the other side, and then you pull it. What did I say to you? It's like they—they they built an advanced suit to travel through time, but for some reason, this was beyond their this was beyond their capabilities. Yeah, yeah. and and you know, I mean, I mean, it's a, if it's a matter of time, fine, it seems but. like a small thing, but. 
Well, it's an oversight that shows like a well, lack of attention to detail. Because it reminded me of the unnecessary sacrifice of Hugh Culper last season. Mm. Like there was no, I don't think there was any reason for that to happen. Because Hugh's back, the, Hugh's back to normal, right? Right. What was the point of it? If it, it was done purely out of shock value for the time. I mean, it, it puts me in mind of the Star Trek trilogy of two, three, and four. Okay, what happens in two? Spock dies. What happens in three? The Enterprise dies. By the time you get to the end of four, both things are fully restored and back to normal. Yeah. So it's almost like, why did you do it in the first place if it's just going to wind up? Well, okay, but Culber is not Spock. I'm not talking about how they're viewed as a. I'm just saying, just as a writing as a writing mechanism yeah. in and of itself. Well, we know why that. Happened. I'm not talking about their importance. Yeah, but we know why that happened. Because Nimoy didn't know if he wanted to come back. Right. So they had to kill him. Mm-hmm. Just like when um, Han was put in carbonite because Harrison Ford didn't know if he wanted to come back. Right. So that's what that's about. I I don't know. Like, I, I just, I still think... It was, in other it, words, in other words, there was no sort of everlasting, there's no sort of everlasting impact to it. You killed off Tasha Yar, she stayed dead. Denise Crosby did not come back next season back in that position as if nothing ever happened. Yeah, well, it made... Well, because it ended the relationship of Stamets and Hugh Culber. Oh, oh wait, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. They're back together. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know why. And we even said it every time. I mean, we liked the characters, but we sort of felt like their whole arc was... We didn't... They're just kind of... Well, pointless. see, and that's what the whole... And that was part of the whole May plotline was to eventually get Hugh back. But you spent a few episodes trying to do that. Yeah. And then it was kind of interesting that Hugh came back and then he didn't want to be in the relationship. And Stamets was... It was... Yeah. That was cool. Right. And even their breakup scene last week was cool. Mm-hmm. And now... Never mind. Well, I think it's because Hugh realized that he was faced with potentially losing... Oh, yeah. No, oh, I understand. No, I understand that, but... But it was cool. In some ways, it was kind of shitty. Like, oh, you're going to die. Oh, let's go back. You know. Yeah, I liked it better when it was sort of like a really well-written breakup scene. I think it would have been better if the two of them ended up going their separate ways. At least for a while. Yes. You know what's kind of strange? I just realized. We're used to, on Next Generation, say, everything is reset back to status quo at the end of the episode. Yeah. And Discovery seems at the end of the season, everything's reset back to status quo. Right. Well, think about it, because Hugh said that he he wanted to go to the Enterprise, right? Yes, that was his plan. His that was the plan. But if he had decided, but he decided to stay aboard Discovery because he wanted to be with Paul. But what if, like he, what if like he didn't make it to the Enterprise? And now he's stuck on Discovery, and just over time, you know, obviously for next yeah. season, he's now stuck there with the rest of them in yeah. the future, and that's. Then you could maybe do a little bit more exploring, and then maybe eventually yeah. get them back together. But or what I would like to even see—it's is... like he's trying to—he's trying to break up with Paul and get away from him. But now he's stuck with him. Yes, now that he's stuck would on be the better. Same... And then yes. the tension, right? It... Yes, yes, yes. I, I hope that Stamets wakes up and says, "Because don't no, forget. thank you." Because don't forget that so, would work too. Because don't maybe because don't forget in the early part of the season, Paul said that he was accepting a teaching position at the Vulcan Science Academy. Oh, when yeah. this was over. Well, I so, think so this is going to be filled so in 950 years. But what I'm saying is, so you would have had an instance of two people trying to go two separate ways, but now they can't because they're stuck on this ship in the future together. And then that brings them back together. That would right. be so much better. Oh, man. <laughs> See what I mean? Throw my notes again. Don't throw them on the mic. It's going to make a noise. I don't think I know I'm throwing them. You, you crumple them up and you just say. It's going to make a noise. The listeners, 
want you to know I did yeah. that for you. Um, all right, so keep going down the list, please. Well, now it's just getting weird. <laughs> I think it's already been weird, in all honesty. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, so they spent a lot of time, as we talked about, cleaning up the continuity, as it were, making mm. it a line, right? So in an episode where they do that, right, they're trying to answer all the questions. Mm. You want to know why they don't talk about Discovery? Boom, here's why. You want to know why Spock didn't mention Michael? Boom, here's why. You want to know why they don't have spore drives? Boom, here's why. You want to know why Spock is on the Enterprise? Boom, here's why. But then they introduce these little things that I can only call R2 units that go out on the Enterprise and fix it when it gets hit. Right. So. Where were those in Wrath of Khan? Even in, now it seems like a small thing, yeah. but it just goes to show. This lack of attention to detail. But those things didn't even need to be there in the first place. Right. And it's a lack of attention to detail because they're cleaning up everything and then they introduce another thing. So it just shows that, I don't know, for some reason it seems like they're not looking at the big picture. But those are one of those things that you think to yourself, we've seen the Enterprise get fatally, mortally wounded in films and other episodes and even other ships. It's like... If you had those, none of that would even... Yeah. I hate to say it. Because yeah, that was it, weird. I'm starting to sound like a Hater's Corner a little bit, but it just belies... No, no. The difference between this and Hater's Corner is that they just bitch about the show in general. We're bitching, That's true. We're legitimately finding things that we're questioning. That's true. And we're paying to, to find them. And not complaining about it. Um, Pay to complain. It just shows like a lack of looking at the big picture because... At the same time, they're doing all this plot work to explain away everything that doesn't fit, even the holographic communications. They introduce a new thing that now has to be explained away. The holographic communications twice, by the way, which the first time was fine. The second time, you're like, okay, you said it last week. Yes. All right, it's fine. I get it. What are we going to get? A short trek where uh, number one says, oh, we got rid of those ship-fixing robots. short trek of her removing, pulling them out of the... I mean, it seems small, but it just shows but see, the they're thing not is, thinking. The thing is, I went back and watched the original series. There are a couple of episodes where you see that communication happening. It's bad special effects, but you see it happening. Holographic? Holographic. Communication? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Maybe but, but Scotty tried to put it back. But who's the other thing? I still think the Enterprise could have had it. Kirk just didn't use it. Yeah, because what's the point? Well, that's... A, yeah, meh. Or maybe just don't give them... I have, an, I have an oven. I never use it. Or maybe just... <laughs> They could have even just said, like, all their stuff could have been on screen, and they could have just been like, oh, we don't have those. Yeah. Any number of things. But, yeah, so I think that um, it's disappointing, the level of... And I think number one's first statement of that is meant as sort of a joke. Yes. Right? It's just sort of a wry nod to the audience. Right. But, obviously... We don't need a reminder of it. And she's just telling the joke again. But, obviously, the writers... And the showrunner have decided that it's important mm. for them to make everything line up. Well, I've got, I've, I've been getting the sense that with things like this, that the writers and producers are like now beginning. A lot of this to me is coming off as a little reactionary to fan, yeah. to like fan complaints. The Klingons are a good example. They were all bitching one of the Klingons shaved their heads. They yeah. gave them hair. Yes. They introduced the D seven design, yep. which is the more traditional Klingon design. Yep. By getting rid of the old ones, like what they had yep. last season so I and then like, why didn't they mention the spore drive well here's why why, uh, why isn't this show set in the future now it's set in the future 
Right. All of it. it. A lot of it feels extremely reactionary. I hope that's too. not true, but that's how it seems. And I, w- and, I, and I wish they would just take the time to, you know, use the time period that the show is set in as a vehicle to tell some stories. Like, they were really honestly getting some. I really think they were getting somewhere this season with that, with the time period they were in. But it wasn't until the last, like, say, like, I really want to say, like, these, this all kind of cropped up in the last, like, five episodes or so. Mm. Right? Like, okay. The Enterprise was redesigned. The interior looks a little bit different, but it's still the same. And, like, it's like, okay, it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. And so it's like, I I don't... (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) All right. right, Now, here's another one that I might get into some territory, but I felt that it was... um... A, they seem pointless. I, I think I know why they did it, and I hate to even say it, but I'm just going to say it. So, there were two scenes that I call, Giorgio gets a friend, and the Admiral gets a friend. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Giorgio gets the breather woman. Yep. And Admiral gets number one. Yes. And they have these sh- super awkward scenes. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say this, but I feel like they were just like, oh, this we need to make sure we pass the Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put in two scenes of two female characters talking to each other about something that's not a male. And then we'll pass the Bechtel test. But they didn't fit in anything. They didn't add anything. We hardly got any number one. We hardly got any admiral. Now they're crammed together for this goofy yeah. little scene. State your name, number one. Yeah, so yeah. that felt very strange. And I don't mean to harp on the sexism. Well, you know, and let me just say that, you know, with the whole idea of them using this season to sync up with canon. Again, the show was within canon. This was all just, as I said a few weeks ago, these are perceived canon violations when they're not canon violations. People just think they're canon violations because they were never mentioned before. Which, as we often say, everything that ever happened is not mentioned all the time. What did I say? Jonathan Archer and the Enterprise were never once ever mentioned on the other shows. Now, granted, I can think of maybe one or two occasions where maybe a reference to them would have made sense. Yeah. But even though, but, and now, but we know what the real world reason for that was. The show wasn't obviously made yet. Yes. But it's fine. It doesn't delegitimize something just because, just because, you know, Cisco didn't mention Jonathan Archer in the NX-01 at a specific point because where it seemed relevant. And they didn't say, Spock's not the first Vulcan to serve on an Enterprise. Which, by the way, but see, I remember way, way back then, too, when that show, when Enterprise came on the air, people were having the same conversations that, really? that this show was attempting to, that this show wants to address. We've never heard of them before. This is a, People thought that Enterprise, all the complaints you hear about Discovery as far as it being a prequel, the same thing. Yeah, exact, it doesn't the look thing, right. The same exact thing was said about advanced. Enterprise. The same yeah. exact thing was said about Enterprise. And they didn't have and, to pass a law at the end that you can't talk about Archer. No, and, and by the way, and this is before the J.J. Abrams film. And even then, they were like, is this like an alternate reality? What is this? Yeah. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> okay. Now, here's one thing, right? I think I mentioned this before, but I liked the goodbye of Spock and Burnham. Yes. I did like that. And I liked their whole arc. Yep. And I didn't mind the fact that clearly Michael is telling him what we know means, like, don't dismiss Kirk when you meet him because he's probably, like, the person you need. You knew that that's who she was representing, yes. which was great. Because like me, she says to him, like me, I, I was very, I'm very different from you, Spock, and I've been your grounding, yep. you know, your your yep. whatever. Uh, you'll meet other people that are very different from you, and and they'll reach out to you and pull them closer, and they'll they'll make you stronger and whatnot. 
I thought that was nice. Actually. Yeah, she said find the person who was most. What did she say? Most Online. different. Yeah, most different. Most so different. I I tweeted that out and I used to I quoted that and I put an image of Kirk and somebody goes, no, I think it's McCoy. <laughs> and you were like McCoy. Yeah, no, obviously McCoy. They're very different, but that's they don't have had. a deep. It's the deep. Obviously, it, it's what the she's deep talking about is the deep relationship. It's how they right. both made each other better. Spock right. made Kirk mean, better, and Kirk you mean made to Spock tell me, better. You mean to tell me she's referencing McCoy, the guy who just said, "Well, what is it?" Yeah. He was most human. You know? Come it was on. absolutely a nod to James T. Kirk. Yes. And I thought that was cool. And I didn't think it was forced. No. Um, I heard some complaints saying... Because that's like, one of those comments that works fine on its own. But you, if you're a Trek fan, you know there's another yeah. level to that. I saw some complaints saying, oh, so now Michael's responsible for Spock being friends with Kirk, too? So, but I like that. Now, here's what I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> when just... when um, Kirk's... I mean, Kirk, Spock's shuttle gets hit. Yeah. And he says, Michael, I'm not joining you. I cannot join you. That's another big thing about acting and playing Spock. You cannot use contractions. So he's right. like, cannot. Yeah. Okay. Same with Data, too. Yes. So um, he says, uh, yeah, I can't get to the ship because I can't, you know, my shuttle's not working. So will you beam aboard? No, they have to let their shields down and they'll get destroyed by the drones, which still no one is taken care of. Even though the queen figured out you have to hit them from the front and the back at the same time and then they blow up. Um, so she says, well, they can have a tractor beam and pull you on board. And Spock says, there's no time. And then they go on to have a good five minute conversation about their goodbye. That just struck me as, you know, just it's like Spock. Hold that thought. Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> yeah. Put put your comms on. We'll have this while you're being <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Pulled aboard. Yeah. Um, and then so that was another thing. The Enterprise. I swear, it's just like lack of attention to detail. Yeah. Wasn't there anyone in the past of the script that could have just said, "Hey, this seems a little bit off," because <laughs> he says there's no time, and they have this long conversation. You just tweak it. I don't get it. And you know what? Episodes are edited down. For all we know, that scene could have been longer. Yeah. All right. right. Now, this is like odds and ends I'm getting into. Tilly says, someone owes me a beer. Well, we have to talk... No, we have to talk about the actual ending of the episode. Yeah. We talked about... All right, let me finish with Tilly. I'm talking about where Discovery goes. Yeah. Okay, so Tilly says, someone owes me a beer. Owing... They don't have any money in the future in this. No, they just owe you an item. doesn't need money. Yeah, but how are they going to owe her a beer? They can't owe her. But the whole idea of owing someone something... I bet you a beer. It's not, I bet you $5. I bet you a beer. Yeah. Someone owes me a beer. <laughs> anyway, I thought that sounded silly. Because the beer's free. <laughs> Nobody owes anybody anything. You want beer, you go over and say, one beer, please. And then it comes out. <laughs> you say, uh, beer, Hefeweizen, cold. And then it right. comes out. Um, okay. Well, we have, we've, we've lost over one thing. Okay. Now, we talked about the extreme ending of the episode, but we didn't talk oh, yes. about what actually happened to Discovery itself. Now, oh, yeah. It went into the future. went into the future, but here's the thing. So we talked about this. We said... Oh, <laughs> yes. They've opened up the wormhole. Okay, Michael's heading toward the wormhole. Discovery's right behind her. And as they're heading towards it, you hear uh, uh, Giorgio, who has now neutralized control. Yes. And remember now, why are they going through the wormhole? To go into the future. Why? Oh, yeah, they're going. Yeah, exactly. You're quoting me now. The reason they go into the future is to is to avoid getting found by Leland and Control in Section Thirty One. Yes, Leland is now. They have to get the 
the sphere data away from Leland. Correct. Which Leland is, is now control. Leland is now dead. But then to yeah. your point, so they go. So Leland is now dead. Now at no point nobody says, "Okay, stop." Yes. Also, also, let's just consider that they didn't kill Leland, right? Right. They were going into the future and bringing Leland with them. Uh-huh. They did not eject him into space, which is what they no. probably should have done. No. Right. And the whole idea was to leave him behind or leave control to get behind away from him. while you go into the future. But, and instead, they brought Leland. Now, as far as they knew, he was going to be alive when they went through. Right. So they were bringing control, the sphere, data, mm-hmm. and a means of time travel right. all into the future. Which, So it can still happen now. So what would have happened was control would have... Let's assume control it was still alive. Could have taken over... The ship, gotten the sphere drive, taken the suit from Michael, and then went mm-hmm. into the past and done all the things it was going to do anyway. Right. Yep. But here's something else, too, that, that we need to consider. When they evacuated Discovery at the beginning of the last, of the last episode, yes. um, the sphere data was defending itself. Remember, they could not destroy Discovery? Yes. But so, this week she was able to put it in the what? The spore drive? But the thing is... Remember... But the, hold on. The thing is, though, if that's the case, mm. vision or not a vision, I have Discovery had its shields up. The Enterprise couldn't even destroy it with its torpedoes. Mm-hmm. So that would mean that Leland can't get on board. Well, remember they they put down the shields to beam. No, but what I'm saying is, if you, when they evacuated Discovery and the, the intention was to destroy it yeah. from the beginning of last episode, and they couldn't, yeah. they said the. The um the sphere data is protecting itself. Yes. So, to me, that means that Leland wouldn't even Leland wouldn't be able to get to it because the sphere data was protecting itself. Well, then it would have come down to who could protect themselves better: the sphere data or. But even then, he wouldn't have been able to get on board to retrieve. I don't believe. I mean, he couldn't even bust through glass. Well, that was spore drive glass. Um, don't forget this other tidbit. Somehow George O was able to separate the sphere data from Discovery and place it all into part of the spore drive. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that protect itself from that? I mean, I don't think the sphere data knows the intent of the person that's trying to move it around. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Right? Before, yeah. no one could touch it. No one could do anything to it. And now right. suddenly George O is able to just, oh, I'm just going to stick it in the spore drive. Mm. And and then Control was not able to find it anywhere on the ship. Because obviously if Control... She had it. It's like, hey, come and get it. Really? No, so that's where you're going, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure... But then could you have ejected that into space and destroyed that little thing? Well, no, because I think she moved it into, like, the system of the... Sp- I didn't think it was a physical thing. I think she just moved it, like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you moved it to, like, a, your hard drive from right. your whatever. Right. Yeah. Your external hard drive from your hard drive. Yeah, I got one right there. Um, yeah. C- because otherwise, <clears throat> there would have been no fist fighting involved. Control could have just beamed aboard, plugged into a console, gotten the data, and then beamed out. Yeah. Ugh. Well, what, what worries me about the ending of this is them going into the future. It's that, um, and again, to what I was saying earlier, a lot of this feels very reactionary. 
Yes. Um, I feel like, and now don't get me wrong, I do love Discovery a lot. I think it's a great show. I've been thoroughly entertained by it. Yeah. I think it's one of the best Trek spinoffs since the beginning of uh, last beginning end of last beginning of last season. But I feel like the show really scrambles to find its footing. Like it's almost like it, I feel like it's resetting itself too often. Yes, I agree. right. And I agree. this going in, this them going into the future, nine hundred and fifty years into the future, yeah, is ex- like it's extremely. It's it's. I mean, it's them. They've said it. It's them freeing themselves from canon, which for some reason to them that's being having to adhere to canon is a problem. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. But the universe is big enough. It's not enough. that hard to adhere It's to. not. The universe is big enough. Again, 7,000 active starships. The universe is big enough to to do that. Like, actually, if I may. Um, you may. I want to read one of these quotes that somebody responded to me on the Trek BBS. If anybody from the Trek BBS listens, I'm, I'm quoting. What's the Trek BBS now? It's a message board. Start Trek Bulletin Board System, trekbbs.com. I've Got been, it. I've been posting on there since the Enterprise days. Well, you should be, um, you know, plugging them. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, somebody I was in a conversation with, username Starflight, he or she, I don't know if they know the show or even listen, says, in t- discussing the ending of the show, says that um, that the ending, the end of the finale felt like the culmination of an attitude toward writing that I really hate, which is small universe syndrome. In being desperate to tie everything back to the original series rather than just using the setting and time period as a vehicle to tell new stories... They've made it feel like Starfleet has about three ships, Spock is the most important person who will ever live, and the Alpha Quadrant is about five miles wide. Mm. The almost exact opposite of the feeling TOS evokes, that the galaxy is so huge and populated by so many civilizations and insane cosmic entities that you can fly off in any direction and find something nobody else has ever seen before. And I responded and I said... Yeah, TNG had the same feel as well. It always seemed like the Enterprise was in their own backyard, and yet they encountered so many things that no one had ever seen before. Of course, I'm holding out hope that if a Pike series does come for does come to fruition, that's exactly what that show would be. It's almost like they're clearing the way for a Pike show. And I like. disagree, and I think here's a couple reasons. One, it's the same showrunner for every show. It is. That's the problem, I think. But see, them throwing Discovery out of time, to me, delegitimizes the ship, the ship and its characters. It's almost like they're running away from something they're afraid of. Instead of instead of staying where they are and making a name for themselves. Well, but if we're going with the story thing, then just people, tell good stories in the future. That's people all. had issues with Enterprise, but Enterprise made no great adjustments. No, it didn't. That was great. It stayed exactly where... I mean, if you want to say... It started making more ties, actually. That was what it did. It made more ties into the... It did. I mean, if you want to... The Zindiac could be a different thing, but that was more of a reaction to the show's sagging ratings at the time, not to do with the plot running thin or running dry. But, yeah. To me, Discovery at this point feels extraordinarily reactionary to to haters. Yeah. In a way. I get that. But at the same time, I'm I'm excited to see what happens in the future. You know. Oh, I am too. I mean, yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna be free of canon completely. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? I hope this isn't true, but as I pointed out, it seems like they don't pay enough attention to detail. 
So maybe their idea was, we'll go in the future. We don't have to pay attention to detail. Right. Whatever we say is what is. <laughs> no one can the question is, us. The little things that we're the things that we're nitpicking now, which I mean, I, yes, we're nitpicking, but they're but they're big things that need discussion. I do think so. I think that this we episode di- had a lot of just glaring issues. In spite of I think this season being better than last season, I don't fully agree um, anymore. We weren't doing this. Well, no, I don't have any problem with this whole season in general. It's the way everything was sort of rushed to a conclusion in the end. Yes. Right? Like, I I, I referenced Lost a lot on the show, and this is this was sort of the feeling I was having as this season was nearing its end was the same feeling I was having when Lost itself was nearing its end Yeah. as a series. Yes, like, but... Like, you have so much you've got to answer, and they chose to only answer the important things, and they ignored everything else. Right, but I also think Lost almost had a more legitimate excuse. Well, it was clear from the beginning that they were just making that shit up as they right. along. Right, and it was and how many seasons? Point. How many seasons? Six. Yeah, six seasons. And now, this is one season plotted out by the same people. I'm sure writers shifted on... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm imagining them whiteboarding everything, which I'm yeah. sure was chaotic in, in and of itself. And you almost get the impression that they whiteboarded out three quarters of the episodes, and then they're like, oh, we'll, we'll finish that later. Yeah. That's And now, you know, I'm sure they didn't do that, but that's how it feels watching it. When you think about everything that was introduced this season, what to you feels like the least relevant to the overall... The big thing was the relationship with Burnham and Spock. Mm-hmm. That was great. Red, and the Red Angel. And also and Pike coming into his own as the captain of the And that was Discovery. great. And that to me, and you know, more on the season recap, but that, that ended up being, in my opinion, the best thing to come out of the season. Yes, that and Michael and Spock. Getting huge character development and huge history on Chris Pike. Yes, good yeah. stuff. And him turning out to be my favorite captain in the entire... Yeah, we got a good story arc for Saru, kind of, even though it sort of got dropped. Yeah. But yeah, what to you felt like the least effective? Oh, so tough. I guess threads? the whole spore dimension. Yeah. The May, the May storyline. Yes, that's yeah. got to be the most. Feels like the most meaningless. Right. Because now the the thing is that they've they've used the spore drive since then, and there's been no mention. That's right. the crazy part. Right. We established that when it jumps. It goes through this dimension and it causes damage. And mm-hmm. oh my god, it's so terrible. Mm-hmm. And then when they had to jump again, they never mentioned it. They never said, oh, what about Maze? I think for me, it still comes back to the Klingons. I, the Klingons and even Tyler. I, You know, Tyler, I just feel... Tyler just, just doesn't like Tyler. Tyler just doesn't work. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler worked for I us. Think, I don't think... I don't Ty- think he works for anybody. But I, don't think Tyler, I don't think the character is, was worked out very well. And even the relationship with him and Burnham, I never was fully sold on. Tyler, I just Tyler. I don't think I don't think worked. And no way. the Klingon storyline, it I, I it made sense for the first season, and I thought, okay, now that the season's over with, that season's over with, we're not gonna see any more of that because the Klingon was over. And like I like Lorel, I like the Mary Chiva who plays her. I think she does a great job. Oh, yeah, like, it just fun character. That episode, it was the one after New Eden. It was Points of Light, I believe, the one that I didn't really. Oh, the one with um, George O and... and the Klingon. And I'm just like I, I just. Yeah, it's, you had three different character story arcs going on all at once. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like this this Klingon stuff. I'm like, I, I just don't care about it because it's so immaterial right now. Yeah. I, this is not important to me. The strange part was that as a, just an episode or as a storyline, while it was happening, I liked it. Yeah, 
But yeah, looking but now back that the season's it, over, like it, you're yeah. like, what, what was the point of that? Yeah, but yeah. that feels minor compared to for me compared to the spore universe. Well, think about it. You so you made the point. Actually, I don't think you mentioned it on this. The fact that um, Poe from the short trek was in the oh. season. Okay, now now stop it. Wait for a second. Yeah, they did a short trek introducing her. Yes, right. They instead of doing the Klingon side of things in this season. Yes. They could have used that time to introduce her rather than doing it in a short trek. Yes, why didn't they? That's so that, that Klingon story could have been that could have been a short trek, I think. Yeah, so that yeah, so I was mentioning that. Like, isn't it interesting that these characters that became important in this final episode were not e- even introduced really in the season? They were introduced in 10 minutes. Well, I mean, offshoots they went to in between. I mean, even in the season, they went to Saru's home, which, yes. if you and we got to know trek, the sister in that, after, which, in the and short if you trek. didn't see the short trek, I guess, I guess, you know, it's fine because now you're kind of seeing her again, but yeah, it, it was, but the princess, right? We didn't know anything about if we didn't. If you hadn't seen the short trek, you don't see anything, nothing, yes. And the 950 years in the future doesn't have the same significance if you didn't see because Calypso. in the first episode of the season now we'd already seen the the short tracks already but in the first episode of the season brother uh burnham asks him saru you know do you have any family and he goes i have a sister mm. and as us we're like oh yeah we saw the short track and like that was kind of it like that it's like oh we know who he's talking about we yeah. saw a storyline about that yeah so yeah i mean i i'm excited to see where they're going to take this for the next season what confuses me, though, or what worries me, is Georgia was supposed to get a Section 31 series. Well, she which, says she is after Season 3 shoots. So, yeah, so it makes you wonder. Like, well, the actress says she is. I don't know what Georgia thinks. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, that's, I'm sorry. I, I, I said Georgia, didn't I? Yeah. Um, so that tells me that at least Georgia is going to get back. But given... See what I'm afraid of. It's, it's the it's the problem with advertising the next Spider-Man film before the Avengers it, Endgame comes it out. It is. It is. It absolutely is. And what I'm afraid of is, like, I don't know if Dis- I mean we don't know if Discovery is going to stay there for the rest of its run, right? If they come back, what okay. I'm what I'm afraid of is. Because you already had that scene where they say we can never talk about Discovery, you know. If Discovery comes back, are they going to come back before any of that takes place? Yeah. Or, I got an even better one. Because they're going into the future, and I have to imagine the technology gets so advanced, they're going to be able to <laughs> come back somehow. So here's the deal. There's a big meeting of Starfleet at yeah. the headquarters in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Discovery comes back in time into the orbit of Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And they see it. And they're like, oh, what's that ship? And then Spock... And Pika there, and they're like, I don't see a ship. What are you talking about? I don't see a ship. And so you think they're just going to be... That's it. I don't know. There's no ship there. Yeah. It, it... So they can't come back. The people can come back, but the ship can't come back. Oh, yes. Fine. Yeah. But... Well, that could tie into Calypso, like, again. Exactly. Because my initial thought was... Is it Calypso? Do they just send the ship itself into the future and they don't stay? No. Is Calypso now like, oh, they found a way back, so now it's just sitting there. Yeah. Well, as we know, the Red Angel suit can apparently transport an entire town. Hmm. So an entire crew should be I have very, to go back and watch Calypso. An entire crew should be very simple. 
Well, I think we discussed that already. Like, we were like, how come the Red Angel can do a town, but doing a ship is not possible? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, my overall thoughts are like, it, okay, the season's over. I'm kind of relieved at all of this because I was getting a lot of anxiety toward the end. But it's, it's um the way it was concluded, I just kind of thought, it all felt like very rushed and very very complicated in the end, the way it was done. Yes, and yeah. with a real lack of attention to detail. I'll keep going back to that phrase because it's the most generous way I can say it. Yeah. It's just time ago. Um, let's see if I had one more complaint here. Or, I mean, comment. Sorry, comment. Again, I think our complaining is legitimate. Yeah, I mean, it just we, we like the show we're and we feel sort of disappointed parents. that... Well, we've never done a show like this before because we were all... We generally liked it. Yeah, we have yeah. little complaints here and there, and I've probably we love, more I mean, negative. We love the way last season ended. I remember I said that. I'm like, that's how you end a season. Yeah. With the Enterprise and Discovery, nose yeah. to nose like that. I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one of the things is that I did not like the fact that we got our wrap-up this season was not with our Discovery. Oh, good. I do want to talk about this. The wrap-up no. was with the Enterprise. Yes. So and that was sort of did a disservice to our crew. That, and again, that speaks to my point of like delegitimizing them a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Now, what I, here's what I would have liked to have seen. Yes, repeat and I this. this. So, so to me, yeah. all right, here we go. Starfield. Whoop. Uh, hole opens, Michael goes through, ship goes through, right? Yep. Oh, my God. They beam Michael on board, mm-hmm. right? Status, blah, blah, blah. Where are we? Oh, blah, blah, blah. We're here. What year is it? Oh, it's this year. Um, I, we, we were sensing a ship approaching. They're hailing on screen. Put the thing on screen and it's something surprising or shocking. Mm. And then cut, hard cut, end. A I don't Bo- know what it would be. A Borg vessel. A St. Bernard wearing um, a Starfleet uniform. I think, well, <laughs> I think it would have been something, it could have been something like they found out they didn't wind up where they thought they were going to go. Um, I mean, kind of like, again, the way... The mid the way the same way the mid season finale last year when they wound up in the mirror universe but you didn't know that that's where they were yeah it ended with them going like where the hell are we yeah that now, was a great cliffhanger yeah another yeah. thing they could be is they could be in a possible future right it could be anything they could make it anything they wanted mm-hmm. and it could be you know who knows I mean the Klingons control the universe or yeah anything you could do anything I got to go back and watch Calypso again for reference um, I kept meaning to do that but I got to do that because. I feel like I feel like that short trek contains some some more clues. Yeah, here's one question. Do you remember is the ship in Doctory Alpha? Uh, no, it is not. No. Well, that's the only good. reference point we get is that Kraft wants to return to his wife and child on Alcor Four. Okay, well, we have which to assume specific to that episode. Doctory Alpha must be where New Eden is because that's the safe harbor. Yeah, so that must be where they're going, and that's where Michael Burnham's mother is. Yeah, so and it would make sense that. They would not stay in one place when they got to the future. You know? Right. So it'll be interesting to see because some of the things to consider are what is the state of affairs in the galaxy. Right. And even Discovery itself is like that ship's been ravaged with damage. And so. now we're 950 years of ship technology advancing. It's going right. to be obsolete. Right. Even with a spore drive. I think it definitely sets up. Or not. Who knows? Well, I think it, 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 you know, I think it definitely sets us up for some very exciting possibilities. It just disappoints me that, again, because it comes off as reactionary. And it just, it's almost like they went there because they couldn't 
figure out what to do with the setting that they were in. Yeah. And to that person's point on the Trek BBS, like they didn't take advantage of this of the time period they were in to really tell stories. Like I, I saw no reason why you couldn't just keep them there and still tell a story leading up to the original series. Yeah. You know? I mean, granted, like they've announced all these other new Trek shows and I don't know how far in advance this was planned. I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, obviously it was planned far in advance, but like, you know, in place of like a, a not in, that far. in place of like a burn, um, a George O show, like you could have done another Trek show just by itself in that time period and kept discovery where it was. Yeah. I still don't know why there's going to be a section 31 show. Right. Well, and I hope it doesn't. And by the way, and that ends on a very sort of. You know, oh yeah, the character we don't like is restarting Section Thirty-One. Who's a Klingon? Thank you very much. No, but is he? Um, well, they said that's good. We like that you're half Klingon because you have to be. Uh, you know, you have to but, be like shady. By all accounts, it looks like this Section Thirty-One show is shaping up to be to telling the story about why, about how it went from being what it is in Discovery to what it becomes on DS9, which is a much more sort of underground, secretive organization. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that secretive in Enterprise, right? I mean, it kind of was. It was secretive to us, the audience, because it just wasn't, it didn't present itself in a plot, in plots all that often. Yeah. It was toward the end. But, yeah. but, but you know what? Enterprise did it in a very secretive way. Like, it, they did the movie thing where it was like, you know, you got to meet the guy, like, on the docks and, like, That's in true. the fog and, like, you can never see his face and, <laughs> yeah. like... It wasn't so just based on that, like, hey, it's section 31. Exactly. Like, <laughs> based on that, it was sort of like, yes, it felt like... But I even questioned it on Enterprise because I thought to myself, like, is Starfleet even... I feel like Starfleet's too young to have an organization like this already. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So, here's a question. Do you have any predictions for what the state of the galaxy universe will be when we wake up 950 years in the future? Well, I mean, I I, I would... Yeah, I mean, I'd prefer to Calypso for, the month for that, but... Um... Now, how far is Calypso ahead? Said a thousand years. Okay, so we still have fifty years. So. Yeah, and it's way out in space. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, so we know they're scavengers. That's the all only we know. thing I can say is so that you have the beta quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. Now I mentioned this in a, a couple weeks ago on one of our recordings, but it was relevant even then too. You know, Voyager was lost in the, is lost in the Delta Quadrant, 70,000 right. 70, 70, light years away, right? There's an episode of that show when Q shows up. Okay, you're right. And Q takes note that they're lost in the Delta Quadrant. And he said, What do you he said basically says, What are you doing this far out? Humans aren't supposed to be in this quadrant for another hundred years. Okay. And by that time, that's hundred years from then, that's the twenty fifth century. So just going off of that, I mean I would assume that the that humans have reached very far out into the galaxy have colonized very far out assuming that's still a thing okay right yeah. so there's so you're saying there's kind of not much left that humans haven't gotten to basically i mean the beta quadrant is they the beta quadrant's been talked about the beta quadrant is part of federation space just not all of it okay right because it's a big quadrant there are four quadrants alpha beta delta gamma gamma quadrants where the is where the dominion is mm-hmm. so um I think I think it's um it's too far out for me to even guess what 
we could see. That's why he had fun with it. Well, yeah, and and for instance, I'm excited to see what they do. I, I but again, I'm just sort of I, I'm I'm sorry they couldn't take full advantage of the. Here's a good one, right? Okay, picture it. Starfield. Yeah. Discovery appears. Michael and Discovery they beam her on board. Ship approaching. Hailing on screen. You are prisoners of the third Ferengi Empire. Oh, God. <laughs> That's your cliffhanger, actually. Let's do that instead. That would have been good. Quark's on there. What else? He's very, very old. Um, you know, it could be anything. That's the thing. It could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. It could be anything. I mean, we because we've ne- this is a this is a area of Trek we've never ventured to, and that's what makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm, but again, I'm just I'm disappointed at the uh, at what it took to get us there. Yeah. So I'm trying to stay positive about that aspect and just say, well, it's interesting to that we're going to see this crew through so many different. Things. It just it comes off to me as a show that couldn't quite work its premise out, and they just said, "Fuck it, let's just," you know, that it comes off that way. Well, but me. but okay, so here's my defense of it, right? Isn't it too bad that, um. Well, but I'll say this. For a Trek show, it's a very radical, daring thing to do. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. We're like Voyager, let's say, right? And even then, that premise was was a... But the fact that Voyager was like, here's the premise, and then now we don't touch the premise. <laughs> Hands off. Don't touch the premise. The premise is the premise. You know? The fact that this show is like, here's the premise. They're at war. Here's the premise. There's these angels. Here's Voyager... the premise. They're in the future. Are you saying Voyager just stuck with what it did? Yes. It it's like, any... they're it in this change... place, and they're trying to get home. It didn't change anything. Do as many seasons as you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, every Trek show beforehand is like that. I guess. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. So imagine well, if this show. Imagine if this show was you're 950 years in the future. Just do as many seasons as you can until hmm. you run out of steam. So I like the fact that it's changing it up each time. No, I I, I agree. I mean, it's it's. Um, I know that the original idea behind the show that Brian Fuller wanted to do was he wanted it to be sort of like American Horror Story, where you do an anthology every season. With a different set of characters, you're kind, they're kind of doing that already, but they're using the same yeah, set of characters, cool. right? I mean, Enterprise changed its premise up a little bit. First, it was a prequel. I mean, it was always a prequel, but at first, it was always about it was about the first two seasons. It was about the first humans going out to explore. Then it became about the Zindi. Yeah. Then season four became about planting the seeds that eventually would lead to the Federation. Yeah. And and I guess and I have to say by the way, like with that show, like I hated the fact that I love that season four had all those ties in with TOS, but. At that point, they already seemed like veterans of space travel, and they'd only been doing it for like three years. Yeah, and now it's true. diplomatic stuff, that's and it's true. like you gotta go out there and yeah, do some more exploring. But the cool thing, and I listened to an uh, interview with someone, and I didn't realize this that the original, the initial plan was the first season of uh, Enterprise was going to be all on Earth. Yes, like never that getting it going and training and all that, that kind been, of stuff. That. that would have been extremely groundbreaking. Yes. Yeah. Now, but the only reason it's really groundbreaking is because, well, A, it's on Earth and that never happens. But B... It would have been land-based. Because Trek, at that time, they pick a premise and you stick with it. So just to have it be like, first it's Earth, then they're in space for the first time. They would have been know. changing it up. Well, yeah. they would have changed it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think changing it up is good. No, I agree. I agree. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just too focused on the circumstances that got us to that point. Yeah, I'm trying to forget those and um, hope that this new iteration of Discovery will be interesting. Now, what I hope it's not is Starfield, boof, Enterprise in the future, 
hey, let's find my mom. Hey, the, let's figure out how to get back. And then the whole season is one long arc of like... The Enterprise, like, triple X dash A, whatever the hell it is, would be at that point. Oh, sorry, yeah, Discovery. Oh, Discovery in the future, right? Do you think we'll see an Enterprise in that time? Mm, um, I'd be stupid. <laughs> no, I said oh, it. now you said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just hope it's not the whole... I hope that they go on some adventures, find some weird stuff. I hope that it's not it, just figuring think, out how to get back. But I think what disappoints me is like they're also they're jettisoning... They're jettisoning mm-hmm. Burnham's like connections there. Like the, the 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 initial draw of the show was the fact that she was Spock's half sister. That was the draw in Savick and Amanda were her foster parents. And like yeah. now we're losing well, that sort of So that's another nod to the fans, because then everyone say, Oh stupid, she shouldn't be the sister. But that's what I'm saying. It's it's it feels reactionary to me. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like that. Like the writer there said about the small universe. Syndrome. I wish they had just found a way to make... And look, and I'm just spitballing here. I mean, I'm just saying it comes off that way. It may not have been the case at all, but I wish we could have gotten more time with it being in the TOS era and seeing... Because I just feel like there's so much, there's so many different stories to explore at that time. And I'm sad that they're not going to be able to... I do that. I mean, I, what excited me was like, I mean, the look, the best part of that of that of the season is Captain Pike. I mean, you're not. Gonna, I don't think you're going to get much argument about that. And the fact that we were able to see this, you know, giant of the of the Star Trek uh, continuity, Star Trek canon, finally be explored. Yeah, and with my, it was very well executed. Although, even with that, you know, I have some issues with some of the. Yeah, writing around it. But the but acting was fantastic. I could be getting ahead of myself because there's no indication. I mean, we don't know. I mean, are they only going to be in the future for one season and are they going to come back? We don't know. So we have to yeah. kind of take this on a season-by-season season yes. basis. Which I kind of like. Um, and look, I will say, this is something that a Trek show has never done before. A Trek show has never propelled itself this far ahead into the future and staying there. Yes. So that in and of itself is an extremely groundbreaking thing to do. For a Trek show. I mean, it's kind of similar to Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. I'm not familiar. But yeah. Yeah, okay, like... here's my last thought. Right. Yeah. Since we know now that... I'll use the, the expression again. That setting it in the where it was currently set before this leap forward, that they would be... They would have such inattention to detail that I say good riddance yep. to it and do something different in the future. So I'm happy about it. Mm. Yeah. Less pitfalls. Yeah, I mean, I think, and maybe in some ways it allows me to get to take my Trek hat off more. Because remember, I kept saying like, you know, they're in this era. I, you know, we're saying like, oh, we want to see Paul. We want to see, you know, and we still want to see Paul. But like, <laughs> because we're in a time where we could, where you, because Discovery up until you know the other night was set during a time where, like, you know, you could see a young James T. Kirk. You could see a very old Captain Archer. You could... All these things. Dr. Phlox. You could you could see these existing characters. Yeah. And I think in some ways I, maybe as a fan, got too obsessed with the idea of that. Yeah. And now they're kind of freeing themselves from that. I would have rather seen any it, of them than May. It, it helps me... It helps me sort of. It helps kind of free myself in a way too from my, from wearing my trek hat. I just feel bad for the person who's going to be Captain Discovery. He's never even going to. That would have been the way that that would have been the great way to end the season. 
Discovery's initial captain is still sitting there waiting for the ship to arrive. <laughs> and then he, that's a great, right? Then he sends a communicate. He goes, uh, yeah, so I was supposed to be Captain of Discovery. What's going on? And I go, Captain of what? Does he have Discovery? What about that guy? Wait, there's no Discovery. He's going to get penalized for treason because he says Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a great moment, like, because remember they were heading to Vulcan to pick up their new captain. Then there's that scene later in this season when Burnham's on Vulcan piloting a ship and she's about to land and it would have been funny like somebody's like do you want to maybe pick up your new captain while you're, <laughs> while you're here like, yeah yeah oh, that's funny I love that I was supposed to be Captain Discovery what's uh, what's going on that gets arrested it never arrived yeah what the fuck's up with that guy <laughs> that, that person's probably going to be in trouble yeah you know the ship with the spore drive <laughs> they kick down the door yeah haul him or her um, away in handcuffs yeah, I mean, it's look, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little bit until season three begins, but not too too long. I mean, I think the show will be back before we know it. Well, we um, got Picard before then. We're gonna do a recap, obviously, but the sh- I know, I do know this. The show goes back into production in July. We have Picard so before then. We have Picard in the fall. And probably some short treks. I think they said some short treks in the spring. Oh really? Um, yes. Wait, what? Spring? Yeah. How long are we waiting for the show? Are they doing the Game of Thrones? Really. How long are we waiting for this? How long are we waiting for what? Oh, they're not going to air in the spring. They no. announced them in the spring. No, they're going to air sometime in the spring, they said. So that means we're waiting an entire calendar year for short treks? and then No, we're in, it's spring now, meaning it's going to come soon. New short treks are coming soon. There's not hardly any spring left. What do you mean it's April? Spring doesn't end until the end of June. So you're saying there's going to be new short treks like within weeks? That's what they said. Spring. Okay. 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 This is. Do you think I meant next spring? Yeah, I thought they were gonna do a no. Game of Thrones on us. No, 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 no. Um, okay, that was close. No, because season three starts shooting in July, which means that. So extrapolating from that. So when are they gonna do these short tricks? They probably. They probably. They probably did them already. Oh, cool. Okay. I don't know. All right. Um, Sorry. I would assume they filmed them at the same. You know, shortly after filming. Well, that better two. let us know what the state of the. You know, state Depending of things, about, state yeah. of affairs. Well, I know that one of them is going to be. I know that they said one of them is going to be animated. Because don't forget, we have that lower decks one coming too. Series, yeah. Yeah. Which, oh, so yeah, so these short tricks don't necessarily have to do with discovery, do they? No, that's right. Well, see, and and that's where I think could this, be a Picard. We could get a Picard short trick. Yeah, the the short tricks don't are not necessarily tied to discovery. They've just been they just been dis- tied to discovery up to this point. Yeah. But, um, you know, you could do a Captain Pike short trick. You got yeah. the Enterprise set built already. You do a Picard short oh, trick. Oh, actually, hold on. Before we uh, go down this road, the one last thing to talk about in this episode is it ended the way I thought it was going to end with him oh. coming out looking like Spock in his regular Spock sure, yeah. grab. And I got to say, as soon as he came out, I'm just like, you know, I don't really. Uh, I don't really see the resemblance. I said I like, it all I like along. Bearded, I liked him as bearded Spock. I said it all along. He's too handsome to be Spock. He's too Spock. But I did like his console, right? His console has yes. this little thing that he leans yes, into. Yes, yes, and yes. I love he walks over, he presses a button, and that goofy spiral thing spiral comes thing. up. Yeah. You were like, did you think that was going to show up? I'm like, I honestly never thought of that. To tell you the I truth. Because it just is always going. And you know right. it was just like, here's the one um, cool effect we get to do in 1961. I would say in terms of the Spock, the traditional Spock that we know... Wearing his uniform and everything, I think that Zachary Quinto looks more like him. Mm. But 
I liked Ethan Peck's rendition of Spock as with the beard. I liked him. I liked him as the pre-Spock as it yeah, was. Yeah, I totally. I believe that that was a younger Spock. I definitely. And he's did. a fine actor. I'm sure he could do the Spock Spock too. Yeah, remember I said to you, I'm like, I don't think his sideburns are right. <laughs> no, they weren't because they went down as like a rectangle or like were... two parallel sides and then a point when it should come out as a point completely. Right. Uh, That's fine. People can change their sideburns. With Pikes were a lot closer to the traditional Starfleet yeah. sideburn. Right. Um, but that was cool. I mean, but either way, it was cool that we saw that. Um, I did like number one doing like that double take when he came out on the bridge. Um, but yeah. no, we. The thing is, we yeah, found a new moon. We're supposed to be getting some short treks, but you know, and I will say that Alex Kurtzman has already said that he's aware of the. Um, want for a Captain Pike series and I was thinking about this this morning after I woke up <laughs> it's like the first thing I think about when I wake up this morning even if we don't see a full on Captain Pike series mm-hmm. right like there's no reason why we can't do like at least see like a limited series a, a short track would even be cool but there's also I don't know if we said this last week or not so these last two episodes were shot back to back right and they could easily have been... That could have easily been a movie. Right. Whatever happened right? to TV movies? So they could do like a... CBS should do TV movies. A made-for-CBS all-access yeah. movie about Pike. I mean... That would be very cool. Just to kind of satiate the whole... Like, I think that'd be a good way to test how it does. Yeah. And then they're and offering then from something there. else on their service instead of just TV shows. Yeah. I mean, maybe the be- maybe it wouldn't be best to go jump right into a series, but at least test the waters a little bit with either a short trek... Or, you know, a yeah. movie. A two-hour... Uh, a movie would be great. A movie would be stupendous. Yeah. So. Just a, you know, standalone adventure movie. That I would look forward to a lot. But yes. Because he has to be freed up to play Bruce Wayne. We were saying that we think that if, the, if that were to happen, if a Pike series were to happen, it has to be like TOS. Yeah, so it has to be individual goofy aliens, weird little moral morality tales. But even when this episode ended last night, it ended with them on the Enterprise. I even said to him, like, wait, so... Yeah. Because remember we were watching it, and they were playing this almost, like, ominous music, and we're like, why are they... Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, they're waiting for him to say, engage, or whatever, and take but off. It was, it was very... And then they cut, they play ominous music, and then they cut to each character's face. It was so bizarre. Giving, like, a weird look on their face. Oh, and, uh... My wife Julia pointed out something very interesting. They had that alien on the yeah. Enterprise, and she pointed out that it looks just like a demon from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you did did you notice though that when they pulled out, they pulled out from the bridge dome, just like in the cage when they pull in? Yeah, that was cool. But when the when it ended, I'm like, wait, is this where season three is going? Is it? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, what it, it almost reminded me of was in less extreme, but the finale of Enterprise, where you had the right. Next Generation crew, and it's like, wait. I, I mean, you could say in some ways the Discovery crew's premise has been fulfilled. What do you mean? Like, it could have ended with them right then and there. Oh, in like, the future? Yeah, their story, like Their story's over with now. Yeah, that's true. And we can focus on somebody else, but... Um, that's true. And But do you think it's that CBS was not bold enough to go with uh, Fuller's vision? I don't remember what the reason behind it was. They I got think... scared. I think they, I think, I, well, I think it was just they weren't bold. I think they wanted to, like, try one thing first and see how it does. Yeah. Um, but I want to know more about Fuller because it seems like he doesn't last in any of his. Is he, is he's not on American Gods anymore. No, he's not on American Gods anymore. Great. The first season was so good. Yeah. 
Well, he yeah. was dividing his time between, and I guess like there were, he was dividing his time between Discovery and this, and I guess he was also at odds with the network over who he wanted to direct the pilot. He wanted somebody, and the network wanted somebody else. For uh, Discovery? Discovery, yeah. So I think they were kind of at loggerheads a lot creatively in the beginning. It's, and that's what I hear usually with him. Yeah. I wonder if that's him as being difficult, or I wonder if it's just like he has a certain expectation and the networks are, you know, trying to cut corners or save money or something. Uh, I mean, he's still credited as the co-creator of that show, so he's still getting... Oh, yeah, you can't take that away. He's still getting paid for it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, All right, I think we need to wrap this up. We do. So, um, yeah, we'll be back again with a sort of more in-depth recap of the season. Yeah, we'll be back with a review of the uh, Deep Space Nine documentary. That's not until next month, though. I'm just letting them know, giving them hope. And then, yeah. A hope that is logical. So, yeah, I mean, well, laying this out further is that even though Discovery has ended, yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to recap the season. Um, we never really recap season one, but whatever. Um, we're not going to recap it. No. We're going to discuss it as a we'll whole. Dis- well, I mean, we'll discuss our thoughts on the season. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a, whenever those short tricks come, we'll talk yeah. about those. We're going to review, we're going to talk about the DS9. Yep. What we left behind. And also, most likely some special episodes because, mm-hmm. as I mentioned a few weeks ago, next month marks 25 years since the end of the next generation. I think that's definitely worth yep. discussing. Motion picture anniversary. Motion pictures, 40 years. And Picard will be, and Picard will be, will be back um, this season as well. Can't this year as Picard. well. So, um, so they say. I suspect we won't know more about that until Comic-Con. Um, maybe. Or maybe we'll get a short track about it in the spring. All I know about that show is that there's still no title for it yet. Yeah. Which is kind of frustrating. They're adding cast members, though. They're still announcing cast members. And yeah, I'm seeing the cast members. And it goes into production this month, I believe. Yeah. So. Whenever there's a new cast member, I look them up and I look at them and say, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know. Some of them are very young. Yeah. All of them I've seen, actually, I think are very young. Really? Yes. I do wonder if the Picard is going to make any reference. Actually, no, they probably can't. <laughs> to Discovery. Why not? Oh, yeah, no, it's illegal. The- <laughs> It's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal to to rent to make any mention of discovery. That'll so. be the final episode. He'll say discovery and get killed. Yeah, a phaser off off screen. Well, I mean, they classified the mirror universe, but then later on, Bashir knew about. So you have to imagine they declassified it at some point. So, um, but Maybe. I just think it's best that Picard steer clear of all that and just sort of yes, you know, stay on track with that. So, yes. um, but yeah, we'll be back. The next one we'll do is. Um, our thoughts on season two so yes as a whole yeah all right thank you for listening see everybody soon